So then he said to me, he said, if you don't comply, I will turn you into a dodecahedron. So then I said to him, joke's on you. That's my king. <laughs> hmm. Well, this is an awkward erection. <laughs> Ugh. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Adequate. Our ongoing mission, until we are cancelled and replaced by something far superior. To review every episode and movie of Star Trek in existence. To seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable. To boldly go where very many other Star Trek based YouTube shows have gone before. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, everybody out there in the internet sphere. I am Captain Goodwill, and this is Trekking Up North. And joining me, as ever, is the Geesian from the planet Hank, Science Officer Sinise. Good evening, Sinise. It's really funny because Sinoise's communication system cancels out his innate <laughs> ramblings. So all we see is... <laughs> is any of it coming through? Nope. Is it absolutely nothing. <laughs> I love that my, my thing just goes like, yeah, that, that is too, no too loud. I'll do, I'll do it quietly. It's not noise cancellation. It's Sinoise cancellation. Noise cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me saying, fuck the Tories. Limited income. Let's go. Say, May would say, get fact. Um, hello, everyone. <laughs> yes, I exist. How are you? Ooh, he's, on the, he's on the booze tonight. Oh, look at you having a bit of a booze up. What do you mean I'm on the booze? I'm on the passion fruit martini. <laughs> What are you celebrating? It couldn't possibly be a successful Livangum. I am celebrating that's because... That's like me cheating at Scrabble by changing all the I's to A's because that's all I've got in my hand. Livangum. Livangum. I am <laughs> celebrating because my sex dungeon, sorry, living room, is now complete. It's an important distinction there. It's very one important. One of them's wiped clean and one of them's a sextant. Much like stuff on the Enterprise B, the sex wing comes on Tuesday. The, um, <laughs> yes, for those who follow me on that, their Twitter slash X slash Elon Musk's bathroom sink, um, they would have seen a very large delivery I take, took yesterday of two vans. Worth of IKEA stuff. Um, the first... I love that my mind immediately looked at Lee in the chat as you were saying very wide delivery, and I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> Lee's got if a only. fourteen inch. Yes, um, <laughs> yes. So the someone shouting, pretty rude. Um, so the 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 first van came, and he he just delivered exclusively the doors from my wardrobe, and then the second van came, and I went, "How many boxes have you delivered?" And he went, "This is all you." And it was fifty three boxes worth of IKEA to the point where it could not fit into my house. So the front <laughs> facade of my house was a litany of MDF and cardboard. <laughs> And I was like, I, I don't know where to put it all. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually great. Please tell me they at least sort of littered loads of meatballs around. So you got like the full Ikea experience. No, but there was a lot of Swedish fish. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but the, the <laughs> living room is complete. 
Um, tidy it is not, but it is complete. I do have a very Star Trek themed framed lithograph that I mm. will be displaying proudly and that I will show everyone um, in, in due course once it's actually well hung highly. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> I love that he's just like immune to it. Is actually, it's like when we put the poll up earlier, uh, everyone went, much like Lee's when poll. I asked Lee to put the poll up, Lee, oh, Lee was just like sort of I've put the poll up, hardy ha, and I'm just like thanks, Daddy, <laughs> and it's just like oh. it's this thing where 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 <laughs> his, his girlfriend must just be like. Yeah, yeah. That's His girlfriend's accepted it now. It's 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 not even a love triangle. It's a love <laughs> dodecahedron. Oh, so speaking uh, of dodecahedron, speaking of dodecahedron, let's have a look at the chat. We've got Beth, we've got Lee, we've got Adam, the lovely one hundred and forty-six point seven eight centimeter tall. Me centimeter. That that is that is a fifteen foot and eight inches of pure love muscle. Wow. Yeah. And that's just his massive. And uh, hello <laughs> to uh, Christopher, the king of Nerdy Up North for this month. We've got Captain's Quadrant. We've got Joe in the thing. The Voyager theme. Yes, Joe, we always have the Voyager theme because we mm. love Jane Way and we love her views on murder. We have also <laughs> got, we've got David, the sexiest background acting Canadian that we have and a spicy demon spicy demon spicy demon oh sorry <laughs> you're not in shit canada oh my god mark cartier has just popped into the chat good hey. morning why why does mark sense alcohol and then just join the chat that, <laughs> he's just like it's kind of I, I love the idea of mark's just sort of sitting where wherever he is like a, a public park where is mark uh, today no, where, where is let's, mark? let's okay, play mark, this game where are you where are Where you today? Are you at a Walgreens? Are you at a Bed Bath & Beyond? <laughs> Could you be in some sort of dumpster in Burbank? Let's find out, shall we? I just love the idea. He's just like, I'm on a ship sailing into the moon. <laughs> okay, Mark. But, I'm going to create a new segment. The he's like, I'm going to... I'm going to create a new segment and it's just going to be us just singing, where's Mark today? And he's just going to comment. He's just going to comment, just say, I'm in a parking lot. That was, where's Mark today? (laughs) That's it. It should be like the family guy thing where it's like, it's raining sideways. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that. It's on this tiny little thing. (laughs) Hello, Mark. Hello, everybody. (laughs) We are here yet again to yet again review an original series episode of star trek the double wheel giveth and the double wheel taketh away yeah i think what we realized is the double wheel always giveth but then doesn't giveth goodeth you know so we were just a bit like oh god not this again but i will admit i will admit that uh, i had my hopes after the last episode we had where i was very very critical about uh, that original series episode and stuff. And it's hilarious seeing that uh, Joe and Captain's Quadrant are doing it as well. <laughs> it's just oh, like, oh, Requiem for Methuselah. Yeah, yeah. Where we, I was just like, I have nothing nice to say about this. I, I saw that and I just, I just commented and I just went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh Ben's crying and out. Oh. Um, but yeah, and then, um, then we got like the motion picture, which I was very harshly critical of. Uh, so actually... 
I'm going to say it. This is a great episode. I really, really liked this episode. Like it was uh, thrills and spills and chills. It was really good. And I think it's quite good because I think going forward, we're reducing the possibility of uh, the original series coming up until we've given a fair hearing to the other series. I think. Well, I did. So I, I did think have it's hopes. quite a good farewell to the original series for the moment. I, I did have hopes for this week. Um, not mentioning it in any particular <laughs> show. Uh, at all, um, but I did have hopes. But no, the, this this was a good original series episode, and it leaves a lot of doors open for future incarnations of Star Trek to sort of explore. <laughs> Um, this this alien race and rest assured yeah. treks and trekkers out there in the in the trekosphere we do have a poll uh, and when the poll closes <laughs> whenever that may be we will give you the results but it is on the nerdy up north twitter i have retweeted it and it is on the nerdy up north discord that you can subscribe to free of charge to explore all of our degeneracies and all of our kinks but yes i I, I do I do like that we put the poll out because we were kind of panicking. We were trying to work out what the poll was going to be. And my big thing is I don't want to have a poll that's a yes or no. I think there's something inherently boring about that. Yes. So we were trying to think of like, because it was like, oh, are, they, are the Kelvins like good villains? Yes or no? And I'm like, that's boring. Uh, did Should Kirk have blown up the ship? Yes or no? Oh, that's kind of boring. Uh, because we find out that if he had blown the ship up, it wouldn't have worked. So mm, it would Star have just Trek would have ended in 1967. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what we did instead was like we panicked and basically went, oh, let's put a poll up of like, which is your favorite Kelvin out of the four of them? And then after I'd sent that and we'd sent it to print effectively and Goodwill had done it, I continued watching the episode the second time around and then went, there's fucking five of them. But yeah, so basically. But there was a get out clause. There was a get out clause because Twitter only allows four. So that's oh, does it? fine. So, okay, well, we would have been buggered anyway. That, is, that is my get out of jail free card for that one because Elon yeah. Musk's site is broken. So, so, so if your favorite Kelvin was Drea. Mm, Why? It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't. Pick another. Spin what was again. your favorite Kelvin? The one that just went. <laughs> Okay. No, uh, she has some good bits. She, I, I will admit, she, she does pushed have the some button good on her belt. She's the, she's the one at the end who's just like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. We're surrendering. What? We're, we're surrendering. We're only three hours into our three hundred year journey. <laughs> That's it. So I do. I quite. I quite like uh, Drea, but yeah, we forgot about her. So sorry. Yeah. So but that's what you get for having no dialogue until like the last twenty minutes. We are reviewing the season two episode, of the original series, by any other name. Um, long story short, should we give a nice brief synopsis of this? Where Kirk and the away team arrive onto a planet because they picked up a distress signal. The distress signal comes from these humans, um, which turn out to not be humans, but they are Kelvins. But not the Kelvins <laughs> you're thinking of. Not those Kelvins. They're Kelvins. Oh, no. These are Kelvans. These are different <laughs> ones. Why are they different? Because they are from another galaxy. <laughs> And they hijack the Enterprise because apparently the Enterprise is the easiest goddamn ship in Starfleet to hijack. And uh, yeah, it's a. Well, complete... at least it's not Spock this time. 
this time. This is someone other than Spock taking the Enterprise for a joyride. It, it, it makes it, it may, does make a change. But they are hijacking <laughs> the Enterprise to take it to the Andromeda Galaxy. And I was like, ooh, this is so good. I rewatched this today. I haven't watched it for about a year, year and a half. Mm. Um, and I forgot how good it actually was and how good the kelvins were and like i said at the top Mm. of the episode this is a race i want to see come back yeah i really do i didn't realize this because i was positive that they got referenced again like i knew it in my head and then when i looked online i was like nah that all they Mm -hmm. get is they get mentioned by wharf i think in ds9 like the he goes oh i fought a kelvin once and you're just like Okay, all well, four of them. How? There's, yeah, there's only four. There's only, well, well, there's five of them. <laughs> like, well, we're forgetting Dre. That's not again. a sustainable gene pool. Have you not met Doctor Pulaski? She would freak out at this. She'd be like, "There's only <laughs> five of you. There's She'd not like, enough well, banjos for inbreeding." <laughs> That's what Pulaski would have been like. Really, really short plug on this first tangent of the night. Yay! Um, <laughs> I recorded an episode with Unplanned Trek uh, last Saturday with It's Got Trek, and we reviewed uh, the TNG season two episode. Um, uh, the one, I, the name escapes me because I'm I'm on the Martinis. You did just review it. Yeah, but. <laughs> Yeah. Not, not to press it. I, I, I'm, I'm inhaling MDF fumes currently. But uh, the, <laughs> oh, I love the smell of wood. Hi, Lee. So the, <laughs> it was the one where they be what the Irish, uh, the, you know, why the Irish? We don't know. But the, essentially oh, beam up one planet uh, in order to relocate them and blah, 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 blah. blah. And, uh, you know, is there a place it's where you could go? The space Irish. The space Irish. Is there a place where I could go wash me feet? No, but there's a place where you can take out the Irish accent because it's not needed um i have to say i'm i'm actually willing to give that possibly my the worst episode of trek award like i'm yeah genuinely just like what happened what is this <laughs> like you know just why did they have to be to irish? how this occurred you know, why please. do they have to be irish why not hmm. <laughs> um but yeah, it's where Doc, Dr. Pulaski is going on about clone, you know, the whole cloning uh, issue. Uh, we essentially distilled it down to the the superior race that were using cloning technology. They were just all essentially living in an iPod that were addicted to bowling. Um, and then they all had to have the sex with um, the Irish people. But then Dr. Pulaski's like, oh, they better start making babies. And I'm just, when I was watching by any other name, <laughs> all I could think of was Dr. Pulaski in that episode, just thinking, going, there's not enough people to screw. How are they going to survive? Um, but well, it... I, I'm no, I'm. There's so many questions about it, though. Which is the idea of they're like, hey, we're gonna survive for three hundred years, and you're just like, can you reproduce? How when can you're sex sort of pretending to be a human? Also, like... also as well, this is the proto hentai beginnings. I'm willing to say this is the uh oh what was it called? The you know when they were looking for like the, the missing link? That was it, the missing link between sort of Neanderthals and humans. <laughs> like this is the missing link between like Lovecraftian, like you know, uh Eldritch horror and hentai. <laughs> you know, Are you telling is, me? Are you that, telling that me what this is? That sixty years ago, some <laughs> lovely Japanese person watched by any other name and just went. A hundred tentacles. 
And <laughs> that was the beginning of it. He was just writing there and he's like, oh, my, my biro won't work anymore. The page is too soggy. They, they, they have a uh, hundred tentacles and they can all could work autonomously. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Really funny, guys. Really Ooh. funny, guys. Right. So on my notes, on my notes, I've got it in bold, right? A hundred tentacles. And then when I got to... <laughs> When I got to that scene in the episode, I said Sonoy's a voice. Yes, we are. We oh, are in I'm a back. highly serious mood. This, hang on, this, hang on. This I'm a back. Are you back? Did we go? I think Ooh. he died. I think Obi has died. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Ooh. Are we back? Yes, we I are back. <laughs> are we back? <laughs> <laughs> okay, see that's what happened. We mentioned uh, the oh. the H word on YouTube, and then miraculously things. This are is what right, guys. Trying to guys, monetize guys. us. Conspiracy time. This is yeah. what happens when we say Ooh. something that YouTube's like. Oh, I don't know. We suddenly have connection issues, so I'm just like, okay, <laughs> we'll steer away from that. We're already demonetized, so what the hell? They let um, me get away with fuck the Tories, though. So I'm well, I mean, YouTuber, I, think, I, I think the Lib Dems. So. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no. Okay. But, yes. Yeah, so, I thought it was a great episode. Um, I think it's one of these things where the first time I watched it, I was like, whoa, this is actually great. It had me on the edge of my seat. It's got this great sort of, like, it's actually quite scary, if we're perfectly honest. Because this is one of the first times that, like, the, the, the crew of the Enterprise are just humble. Like, literally, they have an enemy that they can't do anything about. And that none of their actual usual... Like, you know, their their strength, their technology, their logic, like, you know, their medicine won't help. You know, it's that they are just, the Kelvins are just too powerful. And it kind of makes the episode fairly scary. And the flow of it is wonderful because it basically goes, oh my God, oh danger. Like it's a bit of a thriller, like for the first half. And then it has this sweet spot where it just becomes comedy, where yeah. it becomes really funny at the end. And it is this wonderful release i think because i i got kind of stressed when obviously like the you know they take over the enterprise and the crew sort of uh being transmogrified i guess and yeah and so it was like you know when it actually becomes a bit comedy and like resolves itself you're just like oh okay yeah well done Drex. it's, it's great, really you know? it's really interesting because the premise is essentially these these kelvins have traveled from the andromeda galaxy it was a 300 year journey for them because they are highly advanced uh, whereas conventional warp drive, it would take thousands of years because the Andromeda mm. galaxy is like really fucking far away. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but essentially, the Andromeda galaxy within uh, 10 millennia will be so uh, irradiated, like the radiation levels will be so high that it will be nigh on impossible for any sort of life to exist in it. Whether or not this is real, I've not really looked into it because I, I do believe there is some sort of science that they say that the radiation levels in the Andromeda galaxy are like very high. I don't How know. How would they know though? Because they can do spectrometer measurements of the Andromeda galaxy. <laughs> but okay. um, what is it? It's green. It's green. <laughs> um, oh, right, right. So that's the spectrum, is it? All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't talk today. I'm purple. So I love the, the idea they're just like I think the Andromeda galaxy is autistic. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, 
<laughs> and I'm like, now you're using the wrong spectrum to judge your dog. No, this is a different one. Um, <laughs> but no, so the Andromeda Galaxy within uh, 10 millennia will be so irradiated, no uh, life will be able to survive there. So the Kelvin Empire, which has completely dominated this galaxy, is mm. looking to essentially migrate to another galaxy so they sent four ships out to four different neighboring galaxies in order yeah. to survey for conquering and uh co well not colonization but essentially conquering uh, yeah. inhabit um these were sent to the milky way galaxy their ship was damaged and, uh, and they fuck it up <laughs> yeah but this is this is really good because this is this is an episode of star trek the original series that follows on from another episode of star trek the original series which was very uh rare in the original series because mm. the kelvins enter the galactic barrier which is a um uh an energy field which surrounds the milky way galaxy their ship was damaged and they crash landed on this planet mm. so kirk says oh yes we you know we experienced this previously and i'm like wow that's like a massive callback not to like an earlier episode that's like episode two technically where no man has yeah. gone before which is like it's really good that they've done a <laughs> yeah, call back yeah. to that um so in order to get back to the kelvin empire these uh five beings four because five doesn't really matter um <laughs> what you doing? essentially <laughs> essentially hijack the enterprise take over and then modify the engine so they can do the 300 year journey back and it's really terrifying. And get through the barrier. And get through the barrier. But it is really terrifying because it shows how advanced... It's, it's, it's advanced for its time because, it, you know, the writers were going, okay, so we've got an enemy, but this is an enemy from another galaxy. So they, they mm. have different laws. They are highly advanced. Everything is different over there. They could essentially have technology that no one in our galaxy has ever heard of, therefore making it super easy to in incapacitate the crew... Uh, and mm. hijack the Enterprise and modify the Enterprise for the journey home. And we see within like the first 10 minutes of the episode, they incapacitate the away team and they hijack the Enterprise like that. Which... Yeah. It, <clears throat> before the actual beginning of... The, like before yeah. the credits have been on, they have managed to capture the Enterprise, which is like how crazy the, the threat the Kelvins A pose A crew of is. 400 is taken over by three people. Yeah. That is terrifying that three and, people and have I gone think, on board and i think the best thing is like how are we doing this we're not doing a scene by scene thing no we're not doing we just no, generally no. okay cool uh, but it, it's the idea that they managed to take over the enterprise like and then when uh kirk's like oh but the federation will like sort of you know they'll be able to stop you and he's like i'll i'll just take them over exactly the same way i took your ship it's, over. it's the way and he says it's scary that... because you know that they could it's, it's the way he says because you know that this this supposed Kelvin Empire is vast and completely in dominance of the of the Andromeda Galaxy because he goes, mm. the Kelvin Empire does not colonize, we conquer. So yeah. Kirk, Kirk, actually, for a change in our last few weeks of episodes, he's actually a good captain because he goes, you don't need to do any of this. We can take your case to the Federation. We can survey planets in your civilization can essentially migrate to these suitable planets and we can deal with it and yeah. the like the first terrifying aspect apart from the enterprise being taken over in 10 minutes we don't colonize we conquer and it's sort of it's amazing confidence for this person to go yeah we don't actually need your help we can just easily yeah. take over this galaxy like that 
and I think it's quite good because Trek doesn't usually have antagonists like this. Like, yeah. you know, where they just straight up go, why would I want to negotiate when I can just conquer you? Like, yeah. you know, why, why would I want to sort of do this the nice way when we could just take it? And yeah, I don't know. I don't think, like, you I think get a lot of... in certain aspects is sort of like that, but they don't have the, mm. the, the level of logic, like, well, not logic, yeah, but there, like there's no... confidence. Yeah, it's the fact of like, they this is a guy who can be reasoned with and yeah. chooses not to rather yeah. than the Borg who are just like, we don't understand that. Like, we don't know why that works. Yeah. Um, and I, th I, th I think it's quite wonderful. I will say, though, like, you know, what we see in the first scene is the best thing because we like we have two things that happen in the first scene that I love, which is basically immediately we see the crew and there's two red shirts and we're just sitting there being like, oh, when? Yeah, when, <laughs> when, when? <laughs> you know, like... ironically for this episode guys i did consider putting on my red shirt <laughs> in in honor but uh no i then should I, have cosplayed I, as a dodecahedron i discovered the iron so uh <laughs> <laughs> i found it in the pile of mdf um but yeah so we we get to see their display of power uh later on um because obviously they they take kirk and Ewe team prisoner well, well, what what they do is the way that they uh, beat everyone is that they have this little device on their belts, and when they basically turn it on, it creates right a there. field in, around in the, them. In the screen there. Oh yeah, in the screen. There, yeah. Uh, they create a field around them that basically neutralizes everyone's like uh, what is it? As, uh, as it says, voluntary in the, muscles. Right there the in the screen again on the bridge. <laughs> yep. Time so on. they neutralize uh, nerve impulses to the voluntary muscles. That basically means no one is allowed to actually move themselves. Like yeah. their bodies are still continue. Their they can like, breathing and stuff are still yeah. going. Well, here's the thing that I noticed. Kirk is the only one blinking. And this is because William Shatner is like, but I must be doing something at all times. Everyone else, like while they're frozen, doesn't blink and keeps totally still. And Kirk is literally like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this thing of just going, I know you're on screen Shatner, but you don't you don't need to Shatner it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, it's the whole Shatner. <laughs> but but it I, I i think it's quite good although my favorite bit in the first scene we literally have uh what's it yeoman thompson who's the female red shirt yeah. and she does a thing where she's got the sensor and she's just like captain there's two life forms walking towards us and then they literally appear behind her and i'm like have you tried just looking around rather than the scanner because <laughs> it's so immediate like she's looking being like they're in the goddamn world Don't. and it's just like you could just look around and be like Oh, there's people over there. Don't you know? ruin the magic of Studio 18 and its limited walls. <laughs> <laughs> they had a I, I, I loved it, though. Um, yeah, so they, they get taken prisoner. The Enterprise is taken over. They can't break through the prison because the bars are like a material they've never seen before because obviously... Yeah, it's, could, uh, galaxy. Spock says it's like di Dibrenium? Yeah, it says it's like it's a st stronger than Dibrenium and... Is this ever mentioned again, this material that they have? Or is Probably it just something not. that... See, the... I, I will say, I love this episode, but as the second time I watched it, the amount of plot holes. There are so many... This is like a it's Doctor Who episode where you just go, wait, wait, what? How did... Actually, could it's you explain that? You know, like... It is very loosey-goosey with its science, but then again, you know, it's not Doctor Who. You could Who. explain it, I think. Yeah. I think it's a sort of thing of, it feels like, you know, none of it's impossible. None of it's like Deus Ex Machina. It's all kind of like, oh, you could do it. You know, there could be a Lower Decks episode 
filling this out. I, I actually with did. You, Ryan's and yeah, I actually did later on when they're heading to the galaxy, and I'm just like, ah, oh, well, it could be this, and I'm just like, you really need to see daylight. Um, <laughs> but so Spock tries in order to try and break free. Spock tries to mind melt with one of the Kelvins. Through a wall. Through uh, Kalinda. A wall. Kalinda. Um, and it, it, well, he gets overwhelmed. We think it's a repel yeah. attack, but he, he's actually that overwhelmed from what he experiences. He gets knocked to the other side of the cave. Mm. And, then, and then Kalinda kind of, it's quite good because it kind of shows her being like, oh, oh. What's this? And then she immediately opens the prison doors, runs in, and Kirk sort of beats her up effectively. Judo chop. <laughs> yeah, judo chops her, and then she falls to the ground, and then he takes the device off her. So it, it technically worked because she was being dumb. Uh, but then we get the scariest thing. Now, this is a wonderful scene because I love this scene. we don't know. Like, the, the whole thing is basically they just have the things on their belts. Mm. And I was watching the first time being like, why don't they just beat them up? Because if you just hold their arms away, then they can't actually activate the device to freeze you, and then you can just punch them and knock them out. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing here is they don't work like humans because they're not humans. Mm -hmm. Like they they've got the shells of humans, but inside they're crazy octopus things uh, with like all these tentacles and stuff. And it's the idea of like Kirk judo chops her and she falls to the ground, but she doesn't actually get knocked out. She's just playing for uh, you know she's just playing it because it looks like they actually wanted them to escape because they knew they'd try purely so that they can do the next scene, which is to give them a lesson, yeah. which is a brutal lesson. But I think it shows how like how brutal the uh, Kelvins are. Like they're just kind of going, yeah, we need to put, we need to show you what's going to happen. And so we've put you in a situation in order for you to make a mistake in order to you know, because naturally, um, with with the original series, as all things should be, the two people sacrificed as punishment are the red <laughs> shirts. So they take the security officer and they take Yorman Thompson. Uh, to... Yeah, they, um, does the security officer ever get a name? I can't remember. I couldn't see one. All, all he does is get shot down in every every time <clears throat> he opens his mouth, Kirk shoots him down. Yeah, I'd like goes, to rip them apart. We need to do something about the guard, and he's like, "Calm down." And then he's just like... Well, he's like, he's going to rip a woman apart. And he's just like, dude, like, chill. <laughs> I do quite like it, though, that, like, Kirk's just like, no, just just don't. <laughs> it's a woman. I will deal with her later. Um, <laughs> but so Ro Ro Rohan uh, has to make an Rojan, example. I think Ro 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 Rojan, Ro or Rohan. Rojan, yeah. Depends. Uh, has, to, has to make... Does um, Gondor call for aid? Yes, and it never comes. Um, so he has to make an example. So he takes, uh, Hanar takes these two to a hill. And this is the first time we see uh, these two people get turned into dodecahedron sponges. Which is, it is very slightly terrifying because Rohan explains that this is essentially the essence of a human. All the brain, all the feeling, everything like that. Yeah, and he just fucking crushes one yeah. of them. And well, goes, it's, this, it's one's this whole dead. idea. It, it's effectively what he does is he uses his uh, device. Well, uh, the other one who's it, Haynar. Haynar uses the device. Can we just call it a tummy shirt. belt? 
The Tammy belt. He uses his bum bag. Yeah, it's funny. He, he uses he uses his, his his Tammy belt that he got from Tammy in two thousand and one. It's still got the double A's in, and <laughs> yeah, he uses Tammy belt. Uh, you know, and effectively, it's basically like zip archiving a human being. So what they do is they turn they turn a human into this little dodecahedron thing, but then they say, oh, we we can like. Un uncompress them we can unzip them or un untar them whatever back into a human and then he's like but not if we do this and then crushes one of them and then basically goes this person is dead are you saying are you saying science <laughs> officer Sadois, that the kelvins have bought a license for winra and they are oh, using no, no. it for the reckless abandon. <laughs> All right. The pop-up still appears, being like, you are using a trial, but we did he not see it in the episode? A, we compressed file the humans. <laughs> did, did, you not, did you not see it, where he does that, where he turns, he, you know, he gets the red shirts, and he makes them into the dodecahedrons, and then the pop-up appears saying, thank you for trying Winra. <laughs> <laughs> we, and they just immediately kicked X on it, like every other sane person in the universe. <laughs> Where is Ahura? She is a zip folder. <laughs> yeah, Alan, go on. We need to contact her. Unzip Ahura. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. This oh is, my god. I didn't really think about that before. <laughs> okay. We need to get past this. Okay. But yeah, so they have the the two red shirts have been zipped. Uh Rojan uh crushes one of them and kills him. And obviously Deletes. Kirk's really annoyed because he's just like, but that was the fit one. There's no recycle uh, bin, you bastard. Yeah, it's it's like oh. Oh, it was the zip archive. Oh, my God. But yeah, and that was the, the end of poor Yeoman Thompson. And it's always annoying because it's, it's terrifying. Scared, though. It's like the rules. It's always the scared one who's the one who dies. Because it's like we got in Strange New Worlds in David's episode, where it's like the oh rookie who's God. just like, oh, I don't want to die. I don't want to be but in the when, army But when the unzip... And then the they die and you're like, oh. When they unzip the security... <laughs> <laughs> When they unzip the security, was... when they extract all of his files to a local drive, and yeah. he's just like, "Right, are you gonna kill me?" And he like he doesn't know, like no time has passed for him at all. Yeah. And it's like, hold on, do files not know when they're in zip folder? Probably not. This is a Vic Fontaine issue. This, Whoa, but uh, yeah. that's weird. I'm gonna have to. Do we need? Do we need to spend more time with our unzipped files? See you later, like, Mark. Okay. Have a great day, Here Mark. Is, you know. <laughs> um. It's see you, Mark. But it's 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 it's. I got very strong, and I know I'm probably high from paint fumes still. Uh, Red Dwarf vibes mm. from the pilot episode, where's I? They're all dead, Dave, and they're just piles well, of ash the... on the seat. Yeah, yeah. Especially I when think, you see I them on the Enterprise. The... I think this is the weird thing about this episode because I did find it actually horrifying. Like it did actually go, whoa, this is really scary that the the crew because. What happens is once they eventually get to the ship and we're speeding ahead a bit, once they eventually get to the ship, they basically just go, hey, we don't need the rest of the crew. And they all like compress them all and turn them into dodecahedrons. And it's scary seeing characters like Chekhov and like Uhura 
basically turned into these blocks that could be destroyed at any moment it's, and it's good it's direction as well it's good direction uh from the director of this episode to show mm. the fear on these crew members yeah. faces because they don't right. know at this point they don't know that they can be turned back i i think it's i think it's the fear but also the bravery because no one's screaming out or anything nope. right? they are all very well-trained starfleet officers yeah and i think that's great but you can see that they're terrified but you can see that they're sort of going with it uh but it, it's also that scary thing of like only star trek could make something this kind of dumb very scary because effectively we are going people get turned into geometric shapes like they get turned they get turned into something that people spend far too much money on and b&m bargains effectively in the homeware section like you know or or a weird thing if it, right. if, that, if it had a swedish you, name it could are you be saying idea. are you saying that they they obviously compress their files to a zip format and then turn them into mm. bath bombs fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell the entire crew get bath bombed <laughs> The entire crew you got lushed. You don't want to mess with me, Kirk. I've been to your lush and just drops a hura into a tub and just sees it dissolved. <laughs> oh my god, it's so beautiful. Oh, it smells of roses. By any other name, uh, vanilla and tobacco. That must be Chekhov. <laughs> what? Is... What, is... <laughs> what does Scotty smell of? Whiskey, <laughs> whiskey and shit. Whiskey and battered Mars bars. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> but yes, so <laughs> that's it. But no, I, I, it is quite great though that the episode manages to make it actually kind oh, of threatening. Yes. The idea of being turned into these little blocks, kind of uh, things. But yeah. Anyway, where were we? Were they yeah, escaped yeah. from the ship? They get the demonstration. And then they get put back in prison and then they go, hey, we just escaped and that didn't work. What should we do now? Let's try and escape in a different way. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's novel and I wanted to ask you about this because I've never, I don't think I've ever seen this before again mm. from a Vulcan. Spock puts himself into an involuntary coma. Yeah. As, yeah, apparently, much he like will himself. much like goats when they are startled, where they just <laughs> knock themselves out. Spock is like an alien goat, where he can just go, "All right, Spock out," yeah. and then just coma himself. I've well, never seen this. That in Vulcan Trek. Vulcans are like goats. Like, do you? If what if they see fits. something shocking that they can't logically comprehend? Like, like Lee's tackle. Where they just like you know they immediately just see it and then they just go like, <laughs> no, I, I do I do quite like though that this is um when <laughs> they I'm gonna keep up keep on with the Doctor Who sort of similarities where you know oh, God, like they're, no. the, they're the you know the the sonic screwdriver that they introduced with David Tennant's Doctor, where just every week it did something new that had never been mentioned before and will yeah. never be mentioned again. Plot That's device. effectively what Spock is in the yeah. original series. They're like, we need someone to do this impossible thing. Oh, Spock's a Vulcan; he'll have that ability. Like, oh, he's got super strength. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's got psychic powers. Oh, he got he can lower his metabolism, and oh, he can survive super temperatures. And he's just like. Spock just does everything required for the episodes, and then the later seasons have to be like, yeah, you know, they kind of can do all this well, I mean, shit. The, 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 the one unique feature for Spock is when he does mind meld, there is a really sick bass line that comes through. Like, <laughs> bom, 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 bom. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm fucking down with that. 
Um, it's a funky mind meld, like. So he fakes being in a coma. They, they, do they you say. Think it's ever used again? No. This is the thing I've never Hopkins seen. This ever do this? I don't think I've I ever seen it, it again. I've got that as one of my uh, questions, I think. But yeah, so he falls, he forces, forces himself into a coma. And then uh, they get Haynar in, who's the the guard at the time. And yeah. they go, ah, oh, Spock's ill. And I love it because Haynar basically just kind of comes up and he's just like, that's come on awfully quick. <laughs> you know, and I love that Haynar's just like, seems a bit sus, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it's an enemy with common sense. Yeah, and that's what's so good that they are... The, the Kelvins in this episode are so well-rounded. They all have names. They yeah. all have personalities. They all have intentions. And that's what makes the writing so good. They're Except not the fifth just one. Faceless evil ones. <laughs> Who? Uh, <laughs> 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 but, um, but yeah, and, and I, lo- I just love the Haynard. It's just like, mm, is he though? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I love that. But, you know, that, that gets him onto the Enterprise. Um, they they fake you know oh well he he needs a, he needs a few shots and he's got Rigelian uh, Cassandra fever. What is it? Rigelian Cassandran fever and and even Chapel's just like what the fuck are you saying? Who's Cassandra? <laughs> um, Who's she? And, um, Who is she? Remember because Spock. And where Chappell... do you, where do you get her from? I've forgotten the line. You've been on Riser Avenue, you slut. Um, slut. <laughs> but. It's uh, so that they get onto the Enterprise, and then Rohan explains. Obviously, um, they oh, are all. You've gone back to Rohan. 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 It will answer the call. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. I am British. Therefore, the J is always silent. So, the... you're going Spanish though. You're making it into like uh, what is it? I'm sorry. I'm Spanish. Rohan. Therefore, the J is always silent. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it, it, they they all have to be by the Enterprise because there is going to be this massive three hundred year journey to the Andromeda Galaxy, mm. so that they can let the Kelvin Empire know that this galaxy is ripe for conquering. Mm. Uh, why can't you just send a signal? Galactic barrier! Hooray for plot devices! So is the Galactic Barrier ever done yes. ever again? Yes, it is. Yes, because I I'm. Obviously, I dodged the original series, so I kind of just went like, "What is this? Like, how? Like, you know, where they Do you talk want to know about when it was referenced again?" Away, and I'm just like, "How big are the quadrants?" Do you want no. to know when like, it was referenced again? No, Star what? Trek Discovery. Oh, no wonder I. How anyway, you've missed that. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, they're all beaming up, and they need obviously uh, the humans' help to operate the enterprise during this journey it's a you know because they arrived at the milky way in a multi-generational ship they will mm. travel back in the enterprise which will then will be a multi-generational ship and i'm just like how can how can screw oh yeah how can screw how how can reproduce um how can conquer uh it is it's a weird one though because you just kind of like so they arrive as like tentacle beasts and then they go oh we need to steal a human ship okay well we need to transform ourselves into humans so that we can pilot this human ship and you're like okay weird leap of logic there oh but also we still need humans to pilot this human ship and i'm like why not tentacle beasts well, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, this is this is the thing this is change this <laughs> is the plot hole that you were referring to they are beings with a hundred tentacles Ooh, they could control <laughs> like like five people could easily manage 
engineering helm control. Yeah. Easily they can do it. I, I if, quite like though that the Kelvins are basically the Martians from The Simpsons. But if the Enterprise can be nicked <laughs> if the Enterprise can be nicked in Star Trek three with four people <laughs> with yeah. two hands each. Just hands. Well, I just love the idea that Dreyer is the only one doing all the work. Like Dreyer just they don't even need the other three Kelvins, they just need Dreyer because she's the only one who's like, Yeah, I'll pilot the ship, I'll just take over these people. So you know I mean, once they get out of the galactic barrier, which they do break quite easily, but we'll get to that. She's literally just sat there and I'm like, right, how much course correction needs to be done in the void of space between the Milky Way and Andromeda? Because we can clearly see Andromeda. You know where you're going. Mm. Why do you need to make minor course corrections? I have a... I have a weird feeling there might be planets in the way. (laughs) In the void? There's no stars. Is there not? No, it's a void. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. This is my absolute knowledge of lack of knowledge about space. Play Mass Effect, you'll realise it's a void. Um, no, I'll play Starfield, then I can experience the joy of eight minutes with nothing to interact with as I move between locations. Play Starfield, you'd understand what a <laughs> void actually means. Um, literally, a oh, void. A void. Content. There we go. Starfield. Um, yeah, they, they reach warp 11. And me, with my Trekkie brain, I was like, oh, yes, this is pre when they reconverted the warp factors where warp 10 was the ultimate speed. And this was previous to what they did in the generations where it was warp five is actually warp seven and warp eight. And I'm just like, I really need to go out in the daylight and stop huffing paint. I didn't know about this. So what is it? So warp so they, 11 they, is actually like warp nine or something? They, they changed uh, in, in Trek canon. They changed mm. the warp factor scale. Yeah. So actually, when they say the Enterprise is traveling at like warp eight, it's actually warp seven and this, that, and the other. So when they say they're okay. traveling at warp eleven, it's actually like warp nine mm. or nine point nine nine. Okay. Um, and then I mean, the this is what I find quite interesting, though. Obviously, the Kelvins changed the ship round, so we can kind of say, oh, you know, they've made it faster and they've made it a- able to get through the galactic barrier. Yeah, is that ever used again? Like, surely the Enterprise gets back and goes, hey, we've got souped-up engines. We should probably tell the Federation how to do this. Never stuff. again. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like, oh well, time to delete but these it's, modifications it's, it's that would really, have been useful. It's really interesting because obviously. It's it's a really good, and this is what I was saying to you earlier on in a voice note. It would be a really good, like a, a little mini series or an anthology, because at the end of the episode, mm. Spock says, "Oh, we'll send a robot envoy to the Andromeda Galaxy yeah. um, with our proposals from the Federation." And I'm like, it would be really fucking awesome if, like, we had a mini series where we see this robot ship three hundred years in the future, yeah, arrive at the Andromeda Galaxy, and then. 300 years later, the Andromeda's, uh, the Kelvins arrive. Yeah. I would really, really love to see that. I I think it'd be quite good. Do you reckon they would be evil? Like, would they be an antagonist? Because they start off with the, you know, the thing of we conquer. Or, here we go. Have they already been defeated by someone superior? And then Ooh. they return to the Milky Way galaxy. 
Mm. I like that. <laughs> I like I, th- that. I think it's good, though. I, but yeah. this is the wonderful thing, and this is why I really like Lower Decks, that it basically looks at all of these little sort of, hey, we never actually followed up on that in Trek, and then kind of just goes, yeah, go on then, let's follow up on it, you know. I think it would be really good. It. I, 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 personally, if Paramount, you know, who's who's in a, in the process of essentially being bought out by whoever is the highest bidder, Hopefully, um, someone who will be better at Trek than Paramount. Yeah, if they if they do expand and they do do these miniseries, because a miniseries is all that's needed. Mm. That that's all that's needed. You could have three episodes of this, like an hour and a half each, and be done with it. Where it's in yeah. the what was it six six hundred years? Should we say round trip? So twenty two, twenty five. So that'd be the twenty sixth century that they mm. arrive, and then three hundred years back. So that's the twenty ninth century that they arrive back yeah and then they could take it from the 29th century because that's obviously the era of uh daniels and uss relativity from voyager and stuff like that be really Mm. interesting to pick up that um goodwill said doo-doo oh christopher thank god you came Um, he would, is apparently the best of us, though we have to accept. That I would, he is the, I would he is kneel, the king of us. I would kneel to you, Christopher, but I do anyway because you're small. So yeah. the I would kneel for you, but I'm already on my knees for Lee. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I wanted to discuss with you the issue of obviously they reach the galactic barrier. The ship has been compromised. The crew, all but four, have been turned into lovely dodecahedron sponges from Lush. Well, well before point. this, we see we see something where they they try to get through the barrier, okay? Because basically, Spock and Scotty, uh, they have a plan of on the planet. Yeah, this is like, what hey, I want to talk we... about. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, they have a plan of basically, if we can get to Med Bay, we can use uh, McCoy's medical apparatus to basically. Uh, put out a null field on the generator that they have put on the ship in order to make their paralysis thing work. And then they basically go, okay, cool, we'll do that. So they sneak Spock onto the ship, use it by him pretending to be ill. And then they, uh, and then when uh, Spock and Scotty get to the actual generator, they're like, oh, it's coated in that same thing the bars were made out of. So we can't actually penetrate it or get to its internals at all. And then they go, oh, well, actually, as a backup plan, we've made it so that the ship can just be blown up instantly by pumping, uh, what is it, so positive the, ions into the thingy thing. So, so yeah. the warp nacelles, I mean, this is quite cleverly, this was actually featured in uh, Star Trek Picard. So mm. I'm going to do a visual demonstration. Oh. So, hello, I'm the Enterprise. So It's a nacelle. Essentially, these are the nacelles here. Uh, when they get to the galactic barrier, the galactic barrier is full of negative energy. So, sort of, uh, it's not antimatter, but it's like anti um, energy. Anti Betty or something, you know. But when well, one of those antis you don't really speak to. That when much. it comes into contact with, with actual positive energy, it will. Essentially, it's Becky from the office um, who is absolutely just miserable and is passive aggressive. So. Uh, there is no Becky in real life, don't worry. But <laughs> essentially, it would cause a cataclysmic explosion. Now, this for me was brilliant because we know up until this point in the original series that the Enterprise has got a self-destruct function. 
They can't activate that because the Kelvers are in control and they will know. So Scotty goes, well, if we flood these, this will cause a catastrophic explosion, kill everyone instantly. The Enterprise is gone, but the Kelvins never actually get out of the galactic barrier to send a message yeah. or reach the Andromeda galaxy, which is like, it's a really clever way of unaliving yourself and protecting the Federation and the galaxy in general from this all-conquering empire. Yeah. So that is their plan. When they get to the when they get to the galactic barrier, Scotty will open the control valves, which are where are we? Which are there, as mm -hmm. I know, right there. It will suck in the energy and boom. Yeah. All dead. But which is a bit of a overreaction, possibly. But uh, what no. we see though is that when they're getting to the barrier. When they get into the barrier, it's a very tense scene where basically Spock is like looking at uh, Kirk being like, oh, when are you going to give the order? Kirk's just going, oh, not sure what I'm going to do. And then, uh, you know, and Scotty's sitting there with literally his finger over the button, a button that is glowing very mysteriously and beeping very loudly. And none of the Kelvin seem to be bothered by the fact of like, he's just going, and they're just like that's not suspicious at all <laughs> you know um, it's climate control it's fine yeah it's just <laughs> like no it's not a self-destruct button even though i'm acting exactly like it would but, be but uh, i pause to you um obviously as a starfleet captain as his ship is compromised and completely taken hmm. over should he have destroyed the enterprise there and then I think I think the thing is that no, like I, I personally think they shouldn't have because they hadn't exhausted every option. It's the idea of if they were in an unwinnable situation where they knew that they were not able to get out, then yes, they should have blow, blown up the ship because it basically stops the Kelvins getting back and also it kind of protects like Starfleet's property. However, they haven't exhausted. They've tried twice, basically. Like... And, you know, like, silly things, like, even Scotty, later on in the episode, goes, oh, I could probably try something else to knock out the generator. And you're just like, hang on, hang on, you hadn't exhausted all the possibilities before going, how about we kill everyone? So, you know, it's... I, for me personally, and I, and I did discuss this with you, I would have loved the fact, because we find out later in the episode that, that Rojan <laughs> knows that they were going to flood the control valves on the nacelles to blow them up. So they already had the, the they, they'd taken precautions to prevent that. Mm. So it would have, it would not have worked anyway. I though, I think it would have been excellent television for the time to see a captain just go do it. And Scotty yeah. pressed the button because for the audience at the time watching that, they're going, because let's not forget guys, yeah. The 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, we didn't have the internet like we do now. So we didn't know that this was going to go on or this or whatever. Yeah. If Kirk had just went to Scotty and just nodded and Scotty had pressed it, the can you imagine the tension of the audience going, is this the actual end? And then for yeah. it all to just go and he presses it and nothing happens. It would have been the perfect uh, advert break. You know how they do it when they press the button oh, and then it goes to that. Yeah. That would have been absolutely perfect. 
but I think at the same time, there's probably you know, there was probably sort of effects that you couldn't have done, like you know, um, as in we couldn't have had a captain that willing to kill his crew. You know, like it's one of those bad looks. You know, <laughs> Jake just commented, wah, wah, wah. "Yeah, <laughs> um, I think it would have been." For, for Star Trek, it would have been a very good scene to do that because mm. they're obviously expecting the end, the ship to blow up, and then just Rojan to just go, yeah, the control panels, yeah, we, we locked them so you don't have that alternative yeah. to do that. Carry on. I, I think it's this thing. I think maybe, I, I think that probably happened in an earlier version of the script. Yeah. And then someone will have stepped in and said, no, Kirk needs to be the shining, you know, like the, the, the hero. Where well, we've already seen him as a broken basically, man. Basically, where we validate this, where we basically we have Kirk basically going, no, I won't kill my crew. We'll find a different solution, which is what he does. And then Rojan goes, oh, yeah, like tells him later, like, oh, actually, I disabled it anyway. It wouldn't have worked. And then when McCoy is going, why didn't you do this? You could have ended this all early, like Kirk. Kirk's just like, no, it wouldn't have done anything. And it does. It effectively goes, hey, Kirk made the right decision, even yeah. though it wasn't. But yeah. the the episode is written that way in order to validate Kirk as a, you know, and go, hey, Kirk's always right about everything. Yeah. You know, even when he's not, like we saw in the last episode we had with him. So we are but, heading uh, to the Andromeda Galaxy. There yeah. is a three... I, I, I just want to say, I'm really annoyed, though. Like, we have the whole thing of... The big plot hole that I think, because there's a few, but the biggest plot hole, I think, is that the whole plan that Spock has is to use the medical equipment to negate the generator by doing a different frequency, where he's basically going, hey, we can like stop it working. And then when he gets to the Enterprise, he's like, oh, I can't get their generator opening. And I was like, I didn't think that was the point. I thought the point was to keep their generator running. And then do a field that negates it, like a dampening field or yeah. a sympathetic wave. And then it just seems to decide halfway through the episode, oh, actually, it's a different plan, you know, and it just feels a bit weird. And then they go, oh, we can't actually penetrate this in order to, like, get inside it and pull some wires out. So we can't do anything. And I'm just, and obviously I'm just going, couldn't you teleport it? Like, if it's indestructible and it's made of a material that you can't get into, couldn't you just be like, it's in space now. Right. Okay. Right side of the field. You I, know? I justified that with the fact that they had beamed aboard the, the Enterprise using their own technology and completely disabled the transporter systems. Yeah. But then again, couldn't they have put them back online? Even for a second, just to be like, yeah. you. you know, it's yeah. that idea. But I think the, and the, and the whole thing throughout the whole episode is like, you could have beaten them up. You know, like it's very clear yeah. that you could have just punched them in the face and nicked the devices off them. But but as you say, we well, enter... You know, we have to suspend disbelief, you know. But as you say, we enter the sweet spot of this episode yeah. where it turns from terrifying... High all, tension. High all tension. hope is lost, high tension, to delicious comedy and passive aggression and just Kirk being an alpha male... Kirk doing what Kirk does best. And he's just like, oh, I'm in an impossible situation. Time to fuck. And and it's I, just... And, and I quite like this because it, yeah. it, all of the characters get to play to their strengths. And it's wonderful. Yes. Like it, 
it's this is the thing where i'm going okay i do not like kirk as a character i'm realizing that the more original series episodes we have but it's great when he works as himself like where he's in a situation where you're just like oh cool kirk can be kirk and it works and this is exactly what happens here yeah because we 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 see them in the mess hall um and mccoy pulls kirk up basically says, why didn't you blow up the ship and he's like ah oh, there must be older older alternatives and uh tomar walks in uh they're all having something to eat tomar's just like oh you, you humans can can consume in this bulk food and uh mccoy just goes well if you don't like it why don't you try it yourself and he goes yeah i think i will so mccoy gets him some play-doh as we we call it and i've actually put it as a note as a play-doh I food do- I do quite like because I continued watching after this episode. I watched like the next couple of episodes, including yeah. Spock's Brain, which oh, was no. an episode that occurred. <laughs> it was I didn't think it was something. that bad, but wow! It, I didn't think it was as bad as everyone says. But at the same time, I was right. like, "Choices." How do I gain <laughs> knowledge? I simply put this hairdryer onto put my the, head. It's, that's that's how it works. You put the knowledge hat on. Then I when need to spend knowledge, more time. Put the knowledge hat on. I need to spend more time in the salon, not getting my tips frosted <clears> under <throat> the hairdryer. Well, no, it, it's literally it's the bit where you know it's the bit where McCoy puts the thing on and then it just yells Slytherin, and you're just like, <laughs> wait, what's this? <laughs> it's a 23rd century sorting hat. Uh, yeah, that's it, <laughs> Discovery. Ooh. Um, so. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Hopefully, we will get Spock's beard, at, uh, Spock's brain, at some point because Hentai. I actually think it's quite fun. I think <laughs> I think it's quite fun. Um, but um, what actually? Before we do this, I just want to point out this. The reason I was talking about this is in the future episodes, it has them getting food out, and it's the same thing. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if maybe all original series food is just this generic Mopatop hair shop play-doh meal well it's a bit of a funny thing because there is like chicken sandwiches and fruit and then sometimes it's just play-doh cubes or fruit cubes so what they actually did was they used like watermelon sliced it and then just diced it and cubed it because apparently in the future everything is in cube form again (sighs) starfield yeah. has the same thing where everything is cubed. Do you want a burger? It's a cube. Do you want an apple pie? It is a cube. And I'm just like, dude, I want something. It, it, it is a bit weird, though, that Tomar's just like, we don't need food. We just have these nutrient pills that we take. We have mint all imperials. Of our, like, yeah, all, all of our uh, daily nutrients inside. And then McCoy is like, ha you foolish person. You shouldn't be, you know, you, you should try some proper food. And then just gives him like sort of... I'm actually looking, I'm actually looking. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure I've got a tin of mil- mint imperials in my drawer. And I'm just, <laughs> Do they contain all of your daily nutrients? I, I, I have, I have um, cigarettes. And uh, <laughs> I have... I have, have a you dollar the smoking after putting that many. No, no, it's, it's just together. it's just stuff I found that I need to get rid of, and I've I've got ooh, I've got fifteen dollars. Oh my, Lee! Can Lee. we put them in Lee's belt? Lee, Lee, Mister Lincoln. Oh, Mister Lincoln. He says four scores and ten years ago. <laughs> I saw Lee's fourteen-inch gut mangler. <laughs> right. Anyway, back on um, tangent, tangent over. But, uh, but um, I, I just want to say before we move on, though, we've we've skipped over. I'm looking at my notes. We skipped over one of my favourite lines in the entire thing, 
because there's so many of them. It's basically when they decide, because it's quite scary, they get through the energy barrier and Rogan's just talking to Kirk normally and then just kind of goes, okay, cool. Uh, uh, what's his name? Pena, um, begin the purge, you know. Yeah, this is where you yeah, see and Kirk then, and, then, and then Kirk's just like, what's that? And he's like, oh, well, now that we've got through the barrier, you don't need any of your crew. We literally only need the four of you specialists and everyone else can be killed. So they literally just start going around the ship, turning everyone into cubes. But I had a theory about this. And it's actually... Kirk was wrong. This was the Kirk's best... Wrong. This was the best possible scenario for the Enterprise crew. Because we yeah. know that the crew can be compressed filed into a zip <laughs> folder. Zipped. <laughs> yeah. And then they can be unzipped. Yeah. So, if you have got a 300-year journey, could you consider this to be cryostasis? Yeah, kind of. Like, it's, it, you know, I was I was going to say, like, surely you to survive 300 years, you would just pull a Scotty and, like, you know, yeah, put yourself, put yourself in, in the transport buffer or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the and best it, thing for them. What I disagree with is putting all the lush bath bombs, just leaving them where they are for 300 years. Well, this is the wonderful thing about the episode because it made me nervous. It made me really nervous. The whole fact of like, you know, Stop. you get to see Kirk wandering around the co yep. corridor and there's all of these bath bombs, these, uh, you know, like compressed, you know, members of the crew and you could just step on them yep. and then they're dead. Yep. And I and that's the wonderful thing. That's why I thought the episode was so effective because I was just like, whoa, I was genuinely tense at the idea that people could just uh, die here. I yeah. mean, but... My favorite line in the whole thing, well, second favorite line in the whole thing is literally uh, where uh, Raynard just looks at, uh, no, Raynard, Rojan, uh, Rojan just looks at uh, Uhura. And slags just me goes, off for Rohan. I know. <laughs> he just looks at Uhura and says, we have no need for communication, uh, which is exactly, you know, which made me think of my ex, actually, because that's what he used to always say. But it was the idea of then turn like turns her into a like bath bomb, but, and you're like, that's a horror. You can't it, turn a horror. You can't kill a horror. But again, I had another theory about this, where he goes, "I have no, we have no need for communication." Surely, the first thing you do when you exit the galactic barrier, where no communications can be penetrated, send mm. a message to the Kelvin Empire. She sends the message, and he goes, "Thank you." I have no use for you now. Bang, lush bath bomb. Yeah, that would have that would have been like quite scary. That that could have ended the episode because I don't like the way this episode ended. I'm going to mm. say that now, but much like uh, the Enterprise episode with the bog, they could have said, you know, they could have dealt with this and said, but what of the communication with the Kelvin Empire? It will take mm. three hundred years to reach there. Our future generations will just have to deal with it. Boom. There you yeah. go. That's it. Leaves it open. I, but I, I think the thing is with this episode is it's a much... It's one of these wonderful episodes where basically there's a bigger picture. Like, Ooh. you could make this into a two-parter without there being much filler. Rather than, like, the motion picture, which you're basically going, this was just filler. So it's quite it's quite kind of good seeing so, it. But... um. But I do quite like, though, in the second part of the episode that we've gone into, where basically they it turns into comedy, where they realise 
they realize that because uh, the Kelvins are actually human now, they've taken on human form in order to operate the ship and, you know, do this for some crazy plot driven reason, that they're actually starting to have human tendencies. Yeah. And they don't understand it. They can't actually control it. So what each of the members of the remaining members of the crew do is take a particular Kelvin as a project, not Drea, because fuck Drea, um, just leave her on the bridge flying the ship. And they basically put human vices on them to corrupt them effectively because they can't beat them by strength. They can't beat them by like intellect or technology. So what they do is they turn the fact that they don't understand being human on them. And I think that is the most wonderful thing. Like, I love I, w what I really love about this is it starts with Scotty and the first thing that Scotty and I mean, it could be considered as he says, pouring a drink. It could be considered a slur, but I love the fact <laughs> they were like, what's Scotty? He's Scottish. He's a drunk. Okay. <laughs> so the first vice that they put onto the Kelvins mm. is, oh, laddie, you want something to wash that down with? Bam. <laughs> Let's get Tomar drunk. And it's yeah. like, it's plagued... Scotty's an engineer and he's a brilliant engineer, but it's like <laughs> he's Scottish, so he must drink. And again, going back so to the next generation, alcoholic. <laughs> but going back to the next generation episode where they're just like, "Oh, they're travellers. Oh, they must be Irish." And he just like, <laughs> and as a I, half, I, I, I do quite like though Trek just being like, "Hello, stereotype. Let's perpetuate you." <laughs> you but know? like I said on the Unplanned Trek podcast, I am half Irish, I am half <laughs> Scottish. Yeah. This is offending. There was no hope for you. This is offending all of me. <laughs> you are um, drinking while saying this. Yeah, I know, but you know, <laughs> la di da. But uh, it, it, it starts with Scotty. What a horrible is... stereotype. But, but... We don't drink all the time. Adeus. Sorry, we're going into the fashion. God, you dispel, you, you dispel that myth. Uh, rather drunk um but it's it, it starts with scotty and this is like you said in, earlier in the episode where it's a sweet spot and it plays yeah. but it doesn't only just play to the kelvin's vices it plays to every strength that the four remaining characters on the enterprise have yeah. so you've got scotty rampant alcoholism you've got <laughs> mccoy yeah, you've got mccoy who just likes jabbing people Got... I, I quite like, though, that McCoy's tactic is he takes Haynar and he basically just goes, oh, your human body's looking a bit peaky. Your readings are a bit weird. You must be ill. Well, in order to survive this journey, we need to get you some medicine. And then just starts injecting him full of stuff. And then I basically think... injects him with drugs that'll make him more paranoid. I, and then I he think... sort of gradually gets him more, like, spun up, basically. I think what he injects him with is Red Bull. <laughs> Because he's just like, oh, you need these, you need these vitamins and this taurine and stuff, and I'm just like, yep, full fat Red Bull straight into the arm, and then you've got. Is that is that why is that why Chapel earlier is just like, what are you doing? It's just like, you know, they. What I don't know what he flavor. asks for, but he's like, oh, you know, fill this with ten cc's of such and such, and they're yeah. just like, that's Red Bull. <laughs> ten cc's of Monster Lewis Hamilton. Um, but it's Monster Tropical flavor. But uh, ooh. But um, we've got we've got Spock with the classic logical passive aggression, where he's just like, Girl. I um, have to say, I wrote I wrote a note about where is it, Sp 
basically Spock just being like a, a diva. Like, yeah. I quite like it. But, but Spock, like... Spock is that diva on those reality shows where he's the one throwing the shade at other people. I, I love it. Just, just, Spock, just Spock stirs the shit. Like, he really the whole thing. Does. He's just like, oh, do you know that? You know, and and it's a, it's a cool look because obviously Spock doesn't lie. Like, nope. Spock can't lie and Spock is in, incredibly logical. But he does. We get to see a bit of a sort of devious Spock here and I quite like it. But Kirk plays to his strength, which is fucking. So... <laughs> I, I I love it though, where basically he he takes uh, Kalinda, uh, not literally, but give him half a chance, uh, and he yeah, and he basically just goes, oh, you know, he he basically tries to seduce her, but the hilarious thing is that she she kind of goes like, oh, are you trying to seduce me? I've read about this in your human books, and she's just like, go on then, you know. I have read just your. Like, I I have read your Jacqueline Collins. I have read your, like, just Twilight and Fifty Shades of Gay. Just. <laughs> would Maybe you like that's to just see a special one I found on the internet? Would you like to see my red room? It's downstairs. The um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention, obviously, just a slight backtrack. Obviously, for exposition, we have a captain's log. Captain's Dog started uh, four six five eight. I wrote this down as well. When did he have time? I literally and privacy look at my notes, to look at my notes. It says like, when did he do this? Yeah, you know, it's like because the, the captain's log is just as they're about to go into the barrier and they're about to press the self destruct button. He's just like, Captain's log, we're on the bridge. We're about to press the button that could kill everyone. And then it's like, what? No wonder Rojan knew because Kirk yeah, just like, said and uh, Captain Log a log in front of everyone. Ca- Captain Saying Log starts it. What the fucking time is it? Four six five eight point. Uh, what's that? To nine. <laughs> We're gonna blow the Enterprise up. Yeah, right, Rohan. It I, I anyway. love it that it's like it's that sort of okay. Captain's logs might not actually happen. They're purely there for exposition. <laughs> yeah. But I wondered if it was um. I wondered if it was like the the ones you get on reality TV shows because I I got fooled by this. <laughs> I I got fooled by this, you know, like because genuinely I never ever questioned it until <laughs> we started interviewing people who were like on reality TV and stuff. And obviously, I mentioned it to like Theresa Theresa May, uh, and I was like, "How did you do Not it?" Not the Theresa May, by the way, just a disclaimer. No, no, Theresa May, the, the, the one we like, the Spanish yeah. one, um, who is on. Drag Race vs. the World Series 2, which will be airing next Saturday, I think, yeah. uh, which is very good. And, yeah, basically, in these confessionals you get on shows where something happens in the episode and then it cuts to them sort of dressed in normal clothing, being like, oh, I hope I win this one. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen next. And I was like, how do they... Uh, why are they always wearing the same clothes? And... Do they, you know, why do they always know when to record these? And Chazza was like, are you fucking stupid? Yeah. You know, like, we record these at the end of the show. Yeah, after yeah, yeah. everything has happened. And they go, hey, could you just pretend that this is about to happen and react as though you didn't know you were going home? That's that's what I, that's that's, that's how I justified <laughs> this, where he's just like, shit, yeah. I haven't done a log in four days. Oh, change the clock. Uh, Captain's log's at it. Four, six, five, eight, four, six, and I'm just like, yeah, because that was a, it's literally the only way you could get away with that. But sorry, that was a <laughs> qu- quick tangent. But anyway, 
Tormar's yeah, yeah, getting but pissed I, with I Scotty. I just love that I made exactly the same, yeah. <laughs> the same note. So Tormar's getting pissed with Scotty, and he's going through... And I mean, I have serious questions of a Starfleet engineer that has a <laughs> drinks cabinet like Scotty's. Now, I know the USS... It's not a cabinet, per se, when half of it is in a suit of armour. I know the USS Adequate <laughs> has a finely stocked cocktail bar, but that is what the Adequate is known as, you know, the, the, the most alcoholic starship in Starfleet. But with Scotty, it's just like everything is all over the place. He does not have a bar. He does not have a globe with all the drinks cabinets and it. It just literally... All over his quarters is secret stashes of booze. And I'm like, is Scotty just drunk all the way through the original series? I, I think, you know, we get serious red flags of alcoholism where it's just like, so obviously the rest of the crew have intervened. The rest of the crew have gone like, Scotty, you appear to be drunk on the job quite a lot. So you're banned from alcohol. And Scotty's like, yeah, 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 totally fine. Ugh. I'm not going to drink on the job at all. And Who drinks on quarters, duty? Exactly. Who, 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 who would do that? Shit, I've dropped me lid. Actually, I've, I've got a bottle of wine just here, actually, left over from last week, I think. You, you, is that jam? Did that say jam? Jam. God damn, jam those, un, those unplanned Banging. trekked Australians. Oh, jam shit. Oh, I love a bit of jam. In my oh, mouth. Oh, I love a bit of jam. Oh, I can smear it all over my tits. Uh, <laughs> you have tits? Um... Oh no! Breaking yeah, news, guys! Um, Breaking news, guys! Are you out of passion fruit martini? The is that the bottom of the bar? The bottle is oh. empty. Oh no! Red alert! Um, <laughs> oh! The <laughs> Can you imagine the adequate? Can you imagine the distress call from the adequate? <laughs> Red alert! Mayday! Mayday! What's going on? Is a whole critical? No, we're we're out of martinis. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually I actually love it. This is a massive tangent, but a, a movie I loved as a kid. Tell me in the chat if you've ever seen it. It's an it's an anime called Project Aiko, and it was basically manga, and it was great because I saw it before I'd seen any of the things it was parodying. So it was great. It's basically an anime that basically is just parodying other anime, basically, and it's hilarious. And it has a scene where basically the ship captain, this alien ship captain, is alcoholic. And actually puts out a distress call because they ran out of booze. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hilarious because it's funny. Because all the stuff that's happening where the alien invasion is kind of failing and it ends up with just like him at the end being just mortal on the bridge and being like, what? The booze is gone. <laughs> I, 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 lo I love that movie. I, I said this to Sunrise a few weeks ago. I'm... And and I know Joe, bless him, if he's still here, Joe, uh, he pointed me in, in in the direction of a model builder. Up there with the angles. Up there, up there with the angles up and, and, the angles and Prince, Princess Di with her tartan. Um, <laughs> there is a model builder that does custom uh, orders. So mm. I'm, I'm looking at when I get a little bit of money saved up, making an actual USS adequate with lights and everything <laughs> like that. Um but the one stipulation, is, stip, uh, uh, stipulation, sorry, mm. is that at the fore of the ship, where Ted Forward would be, there will be a little tiny cocktail bar built into it, <laughs> because <laughs> it has to happen. There has to be a cocktail bar. But um, I'm assuming Janeway has put one out when they ran out of coffee. Oh, distress call. Yeah. Right. Distress um, call. Yeah. I think what we need is, though, we need that model and we need it to be like a little 
shot of time where there needs to be like an actual rupture at one of the decks <laughs> and it's basically the hole in the ship and then just all of these geese just flying out into space from it just paused <laughs> you know just imagine. so it kind of tells the story of what is going on Im imagine if you could just get like say like if it's a big model and we get shuttle bay one and we just have like an open door and we yeah. see science officer Sonoy's in the loxana <laughs> the loxana snatch dress leading geese from the landing deck <laughs> that would be fucking brilliant <laughs> why did you do this science science um <laughs> But yeah, so I love the fact that Scotty, again, it's played to the Scottish stereotype, drinking someone under a table. Quite literally. Well, I'm, I'm kind of concerned by this because actually I walked away with the opposite thing, which is basically what we see uh, interspersed with all of it is we basically get to see the crew members slowly wearing the Kelvins down with their various yeah. vices and making them sort of succumb to the vices. Uh, and then we keep cutting to Scotty and Tomar is getting gradually more drunk and so is Scotty because he's basically drinking as well. But it's the fact that eventually Tomar does get knocked out by like falls unconscious because of like the booze. And then Scotty sort of goes, ha we did it. It, all, it only took all of the alcohol I have in my entire quarters and this like really old bottle of whiskey, but we did it. And it's a funny scene. And then he basically takes the uh, the device off Tomar and then goes, all right, let's take this to the captain and walks to the door and then immediately passes, passes out. out. <laughs> and it's uh, so the plan kind of fails, which is this extra kind of comedy thing. But it's also the idea of going, Hang on, you just out drunk someone who has never ever drunk before. Like that's what I took away from it. Well, I'm like, hang on, this alien has never even tasted booze but, and still stood up to a Scotsman. But he had a hundred tentacles. That is, it's that pretty is... I, I love. I this... will actually say though, one one thing about this scene, just uh, mentioning it. This is possibly controversial, but it made me giggle when I thought about it. Uh, was the fact of Tomar passing out is some of the best bad acting I've ever seen. Because he literally, he just has the booze, and then he's just like, it's it's like it's like an android. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like JFK on the Zabruder footage, where he's just going like, oh, back and to the left. But you know, it's just, I I don't know. Maybe that was what the impression he was going for. But like... I one of my most <laughs> favorite scenes in this episode is when Scotty goes to the back and he gets the ball and he goes, "What's that?" And he goes. It's green. <laughs> and that's it. We don't know what it is. It absence. Is it Aldebaran whiskey? We don't know. It's green. I <laughs> definitely relate to the idea of when you've got guests over, you work through the shit stuff first, and then at the end you go, okay, uh, poor, we'll get poor, the decent stuff out. Poor science officer Sonoy's has been at the brunt, as, as many of the nerdy up north clan has been, at, at the brunt of me being so drunk when they go, what are you drinking? And I'm just like, yes! And <laughs> then I wake up the next morning quite literally passed out on the bathroom floor of my home. Never a good look. Never a good look. Put a bed like, in the bathroom. It, 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 so, someone was like, are you all right? And I'm like, it's eight o'clock in the morning and I'm on the bathroom floor and all the lights are on. What did I do? Uh, <laughs> what didn't you do? <laughs> yeah, I didn't drink water. That's what I didn't do. But... um. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we see 
Kirk being Kirk, being the, the, the alpha male way, is just like, I'm sorry, I hit you. Where did I hit you? I, you hit me here. Ooh. And he's just yeah, like... I, I just love it because basically this is this is my, one of my favorite things about the episode is basically like he comes over and like sort of touches her and goes like, hey, is this where I hit you? And she's like, no, it was the other side. And he's like, oh, yes. And goes around and then he kisses the other side of it. We have HR like, in the Kelvin Empire. <laughs> they don't, apparently. That's, that's part of the problem. HR has been reduced into bath bombs now. But uh, yeah, and, and then like kisses her and then she's just like, and then he make he gets a full one on the lips. And then she's just like, what is this? You know, this is, uh, are you trying to seduce me? And he's like, oh, I just want to apologize for, um, you know, hurting you. And she's like, is this how you apologize? And he's like, yes. And then like later on, she's just like, yeah, she's like, oh, let me try. And I quite like this because it's quite female empowerment where she's just like, I want to try again. And just like goes for him effectively. But then uh, Rosian comes in and just goes, hang on. What's this? Why are you necking on with Kirk? Yeah. And then it starts off this whole jealousy thing where Rojan is starting to develop human emotions and he obviously has a thing for Kalinda and basically starts getting gradually more paranoid and more jealous about her being curious about physicality with Kirk, which I think is quite good. But I, I do quite like the fact that Kalinda refers to kissing throughout the episode as apologising because of this, but it, this scene here. But it plays it because... Kirk and Spock are playing to their strengths together. So obviously Kirk is just like, what is my strength? Fucking. And then Spock is just like, what is my strength? Girl. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Spock's being honest. He's just like, oh, you know, where is Kalinda right now? And blah, 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 blah. Um, what fell I, short I for it, me, but... what fell yeah, short they, for they, me, though, was, was, was yeah. McCoy and Hannah. Yeah. Where it's just literally, I think they should have done more with McCoy for this one, where it's just like, I'm injecting you with Monster Lewis Hamilton. Why are you not that yeah, anxious? I, I I think maybe there's a missing scene where we get to see Haynar going apeshit. I think it needed a scene, okay? Of yeah. basically sort of, you know, of, I think, because the actor who plays Haynar is a bit sort of subdued the whole time. We yeah. get to see him a bit irritable, but we don't get to see him being like, what the fuck? Why is everyone doing it? Why aren't we there yet? You know, kind of thing. It was, it and it was... should have had a scene where he just goes fucking nuts and they have to restrain him. And McCoy's just like, lols, pumped and full of drugs. <laughs> Who'd have thought? It's it's so weird. Do you know who, who uh, he reminds me of? The actor who played uh, Thingy in the Orville, the android in the Orville, who we oh, met really? at who we met at Annick Castle. Do you remember? Yes, yeah, yes. we met doing Mister Gay Great Britain. He he reminded me so much of him, but I I just felt with with that like little arc that we should have seen more paranoia and more yeah. of McCoy going. So Rogan is commander. How does that happen? I think you're much better at commanding because you've got the common yeah. sense. You sensed. When Spock, uh, do you know what I mean? The, the, yeah, the, that's the great thing though. The episode feels like there could have been more, yeah. rather than a they stretched it or b it wasn't good enough to expand yeah. on. You know, and that's what makes it a good episode, I think. Yeah. But, uh, but I do, I do love though. Going back, Spock on the bridge with Rogan is just so funny because it's him just being stirring the shit, and Rogan's just like, "Oh, have you seen Kirk? Oh yes, he was in the recreation room alone. No." 
He was with Kalinda. I love this because this is like this is this is office bullshit one oh one where someone comes someone comes back from the break room. Yeah, someone comes back from the break room and they're just like I thought Kalinda, you know. And she was with Kirk. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. No, Kalinda wouldn't do that, would she? Yeah, no, no. And I love that. And, I, and it's just like, <laughs> this is Spock being honest. Let's be, you know, he's being you honest. Know, he is. He, but he's he, being that, so... That Vulcan bending the truth. But or basically, there's he's so not lying, much, but... There's so deceptive. much shade in it. He's just like, he is literally the wingman, where he's just like, <laughs> girl. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I, I love it. And then it all boils down. To the fact that, well, it, I I love the well the, the what gets said is, uh you know Ro, Rogan kind of goes like oh but I have power you know but I have power over um Kalinda you know and yeah. then Spock turns to him and goes perhaps Kirk has more and you're just <laughs> like oh you know this idea of because from the start Rogan has been so confident about we are the conquerors we are the ones who are in control yeah. And effectively, what he's realizing now is, whoa, he doesn't have power over his own people's emotions. He doesn't have power over their own feelings and personalities. Be- be- because he just has physical strength. Yeah, be- because that the 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 essence of humanity is starting to overwhelm them so much in a short space of time that oh, we've disconnected again. Have we reconnected? Nope, have we? I hope we haven't. What is going on with the Wi-Fi? There we go. Hey, sorry about that. If there was a cut off, um, yeah. So Rohan is like the the Kelvins have adapted to their human form, but they the the emotions which the Kelvin species have sort of renounced in their pursuit of like total, uh, not total logic, but like strive for conquering and knowledge and everything total like hentai. that. Yeah, total hentai. Um, is overpowering them so much. I mean, he even alludes to this at the beginning of the episode when he's talking to Hanar, where he's like, you know, we are not used to these heightened senses and stuff like that. And within a few hours, that they are so in because he even smacks the the armrest of the captain's chair in, yeah. in rage, and it just all boils down to let's just have a fist fight in the mess hall. Well, I think that's what's great. But before we get that in the scene, we get a wonderful scene between Rojan and Kalinda. Yeah. Where Rojan kind of says, hey, I don't want you seeing Kirk anymore. And yeah. she's just like, fuck off. <laughs> she's like, I, I shall do what I want. And he's like, no, you'll do exactly as I tell you. And she's just like, you know, and you can just see that the plan is falling apart effectively because of the manipulations of the Enterprise crew. And yeah, and I think it's wonderful, but then obviously it does, it ends with like her immediately going, hey, you don't want me seeing Kirk? I'm going to go and see Kirk. And then he basically goes, to, I love it because she goes to Kirk and she's just like, you know, about this sex stuff, I've done some supplemental supplemental reading on it. Would you please apologize to me again? <laughs> I, 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 and I've, then they start knocking on, which I've is the best this, chat up line. I've researched this thing called the Porn Hub, and uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, and it's just like mm-hmm. um, see the hentai. Now, obviously, the brawl breaks out between Rojan and Kirk, hmm. and then it ends 
with Kirk just basically saying, you well, don't... No. It starts with Kirk slapping Rojan, which is hilarious. Well, yeah. He literally just goes... <laughs> it's, it's, it's the classic Kirk manoeuvre, but I, I love the fact that the situation is completely diffused by Kirk saying, it doesn't have to be this way. You can live your life. Why are you living the orders of a descendant 300 years ago? You could live your life as you see fit with Kalinda... And the Federation mm. will help you. And then this is where we see Spock saying a robot envoy can be sent to the Kelvin Empire with the Federation's yeah. proposals and stuff like that. And I really have issue with the way that the episode ended because for those that haven't seen the episode, it's literally Kirk is given back command of the Enterprise from Rojan. Um, mm. And the ship turns around and that's it. They're going back yeah. to the planet where... They settled where Rojan admitted at the beginning <clears throat> of the episode he wasn't comfortable with because it was open space and everything like that. And I'm yeah. sort of like, I kind of wanted an extra scene after the ship is turned around where they're just basically, you know, everyone's ready for the return to the planet, blah, 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 blah. But what of the signal that was sent to the Kelvin Empire? Yeah. Just, just leave it it's... open and allude to the possible return in the future. I think, think the thing is, the episode is, like, humbled by the lack of time. It's yeah. very much the idea of going, you know, there's so many extra little scenes you could have put in to make things better. And at the end, the fact it just kind of ends with Rojan being like, oh, well, I guess we're human now. We best do human stuff. Okay, then let's give up on our trying to get home and just find a planet to settle down on. And you can't, like... And that's kind of cool, but I would have liked it said in more words. I would have, you know, I, like... I, I also would have loved, like, towards the end, like, because the original series loved a comedic climax. Mm. We know that. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Do you know what I mean? With Kirk's Speaking of comedic climaxes, highly. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Um, <laughs> I would have loved, like, everything returned to normal, the heading back uh, to the Milky Way galaxy, blah, blah, blah. blah. I would have loved to end this episode, obviously with the signal and everything like that, but then Scotty just turning up to the bridge going, Sir, I've retrieved the device. And he's just like, <laughs> Scotty, that was three days ago. Yeah, no, no. That that would have been hilarious. Yeah. Do you know And just to end the episode, like, <laughs> he got that drunk that he was that out for days. Yeah, he would have been out for days. He literally just had a last scene. Of him doing the captain's log, being like, you know, the Kelvins are resettled on a planet. You know, the Kelvins are resettled yeah. on a planet, and they're all they're all sorted. We're heading back to sort of uh, Earth now and stuff. And then Scotty comes in, be like, "I got the device. We can beat the bastards now." Scotty, that was three days ago. <laughs> I, I'll, yeah. I'll no, be that would have been fucking perfect. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> on the whole, though, I think me and Science Officer Sonoy's truly love this episode. Uh, it was a great episode of the original series, and I think it does leave the door open for for further investigation. Because I think we yeah. are we are both big fans of. Yes, we like to explore strange new worlds and seek out new civilizations, but there is also so much within Trek canon that is yet to be explored. And this is yeah. one of the original series episodes where you, like Discovery did with the Guardian of Forever, this is mm. one where you could dip into this. And you could really go into this in the 26th, yeah. 27th century, 29th century and go, oh, shit. Yeah. I, there is. 
I'm putting it out there that this will appear in lower decks. There is really? no way that those people are going to be able to resist, like having the Kelvins in and basically going, okay, so they have a paralyzing weapon that nobody has ever used before and could totally be a plot device. Like, because you could just literally have someone stealing this weapon and going on a rampage with it because it's so powerful. But then also, they are tentacle hentai beasts masquerading as humans. But with like, today's that, technology... That, is, that says lower decks all over yeah, it. But with know? today's technology, even without lower decks, you could still show them as their true form. Hmm. That's it, but I mean, like, that's how I see them continuing yeah. the Kelvins. Like, I, I'm fully expecting that to occur, or at least get a little reference somewhere. So, would you recommend <clears throat> this episode of the original series? Definitely. Definitely. I, the, Like I said, at the right at the beginning, this kind of took the taste out of my mouth that uh, Requiem from Methuselah, Methuselah, like, put in there. I can't yeah. pronounce it. I'm, I'm telling you off for saying Rohan, and then I'm like, Methuselah. Methuselah. Yeah. <laughs> Requiem for Methuselah. And yeah, I'm the one go. that's been drinking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I, think this is a really strong season two episode. Uh, it was towards the back end of season two. Um, this, it, it just leaves a lot of doors open. And, you know, maybe in the future we'll hear more about the Kelvin Empire. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 I really enjoyed the episode. I have to say, like, I really love the Kelvins, which obviously we need to get onto the results of the poll now. Yes, but it's the idea of one of my favorite things, though, is like the main Kelvin guy, Rojan, for, for the whole episode, he just reminded me of an actor. And I spent ages working out who this actor is because he's one of those people who's in loads of stuff, but you never actually know his name. And his name is Udo Kier. Like, you might know him from shadow of the vampire or whatnot and he's always got this very stoic german kind of face and you know and you can just fully imagine him with the eyeliner that the kelvins have on and stuff and yeah and throughout the whole episode i was like i love this vibe i love the vibe of the characters and how sort of i loved kalinda i like i have voted on the poll for kalinda so if there is one vote for kalinda that is me and possibly nerd because so who knows what side nerd but everybody out there we, we we did a poll on the nerdy up north twitter and the nerdy up north discord channel um <laughs> who was your favorite kelvin mm -hmm. so we had rojan the kelvin leader we had yeah. kalinda kirkbait we had hanar walking anxiety and tomar <laughs> the walking alcoholic so it should have been slumping alcoholic slumping, if we're perfectly yeah, honest true so with a massive 50% of the votes on Twitter, Tomar <laughs> came out victorious as the walking alcoholic. What was it on uh, Discord? Do I know? Hold on. How do how to scroll? How can scroll? How to Discord? I don't know. I don't know. It, I won't, don't let know. Me, it won't let me see the results. Everything oh, on Discord on. is mute. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's the same. It is 50%. Well, we have... Yeah, basically... Uh, we have, yeah, it's, I'm just trying to work out how to read it. Tomar. Tomar has 50% of the, about, yeah, 40% of the votes, and then 20% of the vote is Kalinda, which is me and Nerdbot, apparently, so I don't think that counts. And then one vote for the other two. Hooray for <laughs> alcoholism! Um, which, which is quite odd, because I wasn't that fussed by Tomar. Like, I, re I really liked Kalinda, because she's, she's a fleshed-out character. She's a villain. But then she has all these little scenes where she basically just kind of goes, 
wow, I'm really interested in that. And can you tell me about this? I, I am going to kill you, but I'm kind of curious about this. <laughs> like, so the, the name of the episode, which I think the episode is kind of badly named because I didn't understand how it played into the whole episode. But yeah, it has a scene where basically Kalinda is looking at the planet and she just gets these flowers and she's like, these are really pretty. What are they called? And he's like, and Kirk's like, flowers. Don't know the <laughs> variety. Fucking girls shit, you know. Uh, and then she basically sort of goes, oh, on my planet, we have loads of these and they are called, what does she say? Crystals. On my on my planet, they are called like Cerebrus or something. Oh, oh no. Shashir. Shashir. Yeah. And then Kirk goes, oh, a rose by any other mi- other name. Uh, and then goes, oh, that's our earth poet Shakespeare. Uh, a rose by any other name would not smell so sweet, I believe it is. Uh, but he fucks up the line. Um, but, uh, you know, and then crumples them. And I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't. So he's going, hey, on your planet, you have flowers, but they're not the same as earth flowers. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get how that line ties in with the plot of the episode is it that they're masquerading as humans yeah. and therefore the, by any other name kelvins they're not the same as humans even yeah. though they're trying to it's it's sort they... of a, it's sort of a play because spock alludes when they're when they're in captivity that uh they they are they are humans they're humans but they're also too perfect to be humans it's also right, like yeah. they've, they've masqueraded so well that it's too odd that they are the way they are do you know what i mean like a rose by any other name wouldn't smell as blah blah blah. um so that that's sort of the justification for the name of the episode um because they have masqueraded themselves as humans but they are all too perfect to actually be humans do you know what i mean where you know it's it's sort of like oh you have no ailments you have no diseases you have no quirks or anything like that you are literally a perfect specimen which should not exist in nature naturally so That, but no, that, so yeah, Tomar Tomar wins the poll though. So yeah, Tomar wins the um, poll. Speaking of poll, oh my days, we have got an incoming transmission. Science officer Sonoys. Uh, incoming I, I transmission. I'm really excited about this because after I know in the chat we've been saying, hey, we've had too many. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've had too many episodes from the original series. So what I've done is I've I fixed the dabber wheel. Basically, I know people have been asking this, so I fixed the dabber wheel now. We have removed the original series from it temporarily, so that will not be coming up. And we've increased the likelihood that we're going to get an Enterprise episode to keep Goodwill happy. So, fingers crossed. I mean, I'm pretty sure, I worked very hard on this, and I'm pretty sure that, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got all of the bugs and kinks out of it. Also, so. uh, Treks and Trekkers out there listening to Trek and Not North, if there is a Star Trek Enterprise episode for next week, rest assured that Captain Goodwill will sing Faith of the Heart <laughs> next week before he does the opening monologue because, goddamn, I love Star Trek Enterprise. On so. that note, uh, Sabrosa. <laughs> oh, no. On that note, in all seriousness, in, in all seriousness, no, in all Go seriousness, on. what are you hoping that the Dabble Wheel produces? Uh... <laughs> that isn't that isn't Code of Honor. Um, I'm kind of hoping, obviously, always DS9. And um, we had a great, I watched a great episode of DS9. It's the one where Worf is on trial. You know the episode where they put Worf on trial? Yeah. Uh, for 
what is it where he blows up like a civilian transport and whatnot and it's it's it's, it's basically a courtroom episode who would have thought a courtroom episode was great in we Trek? love a courtroom episode in star trek yeah but that that that's what i'm hoping for but obviously in my heart you know i think i actually think does okay your, does your there could be faith? a that i i have faith of the heart that there could be that this could be the week that we get code of honor or sabrosa see i'm worried now into... i'm worried now because he's looking down and i can hear keyboard taps yeah so i'm worried he's changing the algorithm so it's going well, to be a crusher as if episode. I would. Do you really think that I would do something like that? Yes. Shall we spin the <laughs> the 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 trust, the lack of trust you have in me? I've been your science officer for days, at least. <laughs> right for the for those playing uh, for those uh, playing at home who have never seen Trekking Up North, the double wheel of episodes has every episode of Star Trek in existence in it. We spin that wheel, and whatever it lands on. We review in next week's Trekking Up North. Are you ready, Science Officer Sunoise? I'm ready. Are you ready I'm in ready. the audience? There's a delay, so I don't care. Three. Are you all ready to yell Dabo? Yes, you have to yell Dabo at the yeah. end. Three, two, one. Oh, my God. I hate the anxiety. I s what the hell? <laughs> yes! Dabo! explain to the audience who are listening on the uh, audio what just happened there goodwill <laughs> <sighs> right firstly my pants fell out um the double wheel span and all i saw was code of honor and sub rosa um so they were many, the only options available many, in the entire double wheel many many poos have just come out um <laughs> However, it has landed on Star Trek Enterprise. I'm going to do it. There we go. Star Trek Enterprise. Cease fire. Oh, my God. If memory serves, this is a brilliant fucking episode. Let me get the synopsis off. Oh, just I am for, so Just for everyone happy. watching, it was fixed. But the episode that we... It was fixed to land on Enterprise. but Because I knew Goodwill really wanted it. But the... The episode was entirely random, so I had no idea what episode of Enterprise it would land on. <laughs> ceasefire. Captain Archer is invited to negotiate a ceasefire treaty between the Andorians and the Vulcans at the personal request of the Andorian commander, Shran. It's yes. not only a Star Trek Enterprise episode, it's a Star Trek Enterprise episode with Jeffrey Combs! Yes! <laughs> I'm so fucking happy! Oh, we can finally talk about one of my favourite Trek characters, Dr. Flox. Oh, Dr. Flox, Commander Shran. Is this? He's in every I'm... goddamn episode, I think. Oh, good oh. old Computer transfer is to the main screen. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy I'm going to cry. I really am. <laughs> it's season two as well, and it's just before the theme tune changed. I'm so fucking happy. Guys, everyone, you need to watch Star Trek enterprise it is 
brilliant. It was cancelled way before its time. The last episode doesn't exist. Just brilliant. And this is such a good episode as well. It's oh fucking good. Sorry, <laughs> excuse my French. But I am so That's happy. Not French. I am so happy. <sighs> I'm so happy. <laughs> we finally got it. So yes, so tune in next week, uh, next Friday, and we will be reviewing Star Trek Enterprise ceasefire. I'm excited because I, I was worried that it might come up with a season four one because I was a bit meh. With oh, Enterprise season by the four time was incredible. Four. What do you want about? Oh, I just I was just meh by it. Oh. But uh, season one and two, I'm very happy with. Ladies yep. and gentlemen, boys and girls, Treks and Trekkers worldwide, this has been this week's Trekking Up North. This is possibly the most fun I have had in a long time. And I am so grateful to do this show with Science Officer Sonoys. Wow, what a roller coaster ride this has been, man. Mm -hmm. I think it's been really fun. If you haven't watched this episode uh, yet of the original series by any other name, check it out. It's on uh, Netflix. It is a great episode. If you've enjoyed us talking about it and the silly descriptions of things, then please give it a watch and then join in on the discussion and tell us on the Discord or on the X or on the Twitters or whatever the fuck it's called nowadays, tell us uh, what you thought of it. Uh, that would be quite fun. And watch this episode of Enterprise and then you can join in on the discussion next week. Little size. If you like this episode, please give us a like on the YouTube channel. Give us a comment. Tell us what you We've thought. We've only had three likes on the video, have we? No, we we've had way more than that. If, oh, just YouTube just hasn't updated. Oh, we've if, had 40. That's quite a lot, that is. Oh, that's loads. If you have any opinions about by any other name, put them in the comments below. If you are not a fan of Nerdy Up North and want to get to know more about us, we are on Facebook, Fair we point. are on Twitter, we are on Twitch, we are on TikTok, we are on Instagram any social media platform we are on there you can find us on all the descriptions below you can find sonoise on twitch you can find them on girl chat what are you girl, doing tonight yep, girl global what am i doing tonight i'm meant to be streaming okay honestly i'm meant to be streaming but i'm really tired like <laughs> I, I don't mind saying i don't i don't mind saying okay that i've had a really difficult week you have indeed. There's been a lot of crazy shit in my work. There's been a lot of crazy personal life stuff. So I haven't been getting much sleep. I've been doing that thing where your brain wakes you up at 5 a.m. and just goes, that's it. That's all the sleep you get. And then you have to do a full day of work, which has been very difficult. So I'm actually exhausted. I'm genuinely exhausted. And so I'm afraid I'm going to sack Twitch streaming off for tonight and just go to bed. Get some well-earned rest. <laughs> but I, I will. There is actually a thing. On Sunday, we will actually, I will be streaming on Sunday daytime because on the nighttime, Nerdy Up North are reviewing Robocop. And I don't know if I'm meant to be on it. I don't, I don't think I am. I don't know. <laughs> I will check. I will check with Paul and go. Dead or alive, you're coming with us. That's all I'm going to say. On <laughs> oh, it's such a, the problem is, though, I'd ruin it because I would just talk for hours and not let anyone else speak. Which, so it's probably good if I'm not on it. But... During the daytime, me and uh, me and Ian are going to test out the new Silent Hill game. Because once again, if you remember, if you're a fan last year, me and Ian did a 24-hour gaming stream for charity raising funds for St. Benedict's Hospice uh, last April, I believe it was. We're going to do the same this year and this April. So we need to test out some of the technologies. So we want to basically go, hey, can we stream the PlayStation 5 through the PC into Twitch? 
And so we've got all the adapters, the equipment. So we're going to try it out by playing the new three Silent Hill game that's just come out on the PS5. And we're going to, if that works, we will be streaming that for you all on Twitch. So Ooh. give me a follow on the link below in the description and join in on that. <laughs> we will be back next week as we review Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> it's been a long road. Until next week, my lovelies, my lovelies, take care of yourselves. Take care of yourselves. Live long and prosper, and we will see you next week. Apologise to me, Lee. Apologise to me hard. Miles. Miles. Miles.